0: White Sox! White socks. Go, go! 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 Call your sons! Call your daughters! Holy cow! You can't put
1: it on the board! Yeah! It's a perfect game! Right it goes! Grand slam! A White Sox winner! And a World Championship! Jimenez! He's your hero tonight!
0: Thanks Cubs! The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Sano. Those two are like a tag team,
2: you know? Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On
1: Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Echnerwall, E-C-N-E-R-W-A-L-2-3 on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and thank you for making Locked On Socks your first listen during the day. And remember that Locked On Sox is free and available on all platforms, including Locked On Socks on YouTube. If you want to leave us a voice message, 312-566-8727 to do so, or locked on socks at gmail.com for your emails, Chris. A glorious night to beat Cincinnati. How are you feeling?
2: It really is, Herbie. Thank you for asking. And uh, Bill Walden, he's, of course, doing fine for the 90th time. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turtle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. And we are brought to you today by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked-on rooms. There is a bit of a news item here. Uh, not newsy, but when the uh, MVP on his bobblehead night speaks... In front of some of the assembled media down in the dugout before the game, Uh, this audio was not made accessible to us. I had not seen it. Uh, It was not on the press box website, so I'm just going by James Feegan's quotes here. But there's a little follow-up to what happened—that little dust-up in the D. From Monday afternoon and you know we had speculated we we're pretty it's pretty clear what Jose Abreu was upset about in terms of just getting hit but uh, he provided a little bit more insight here as to why things sort of unraveled quickly for him uncharacteristically so and this is from James Fegan of The Athletic who does a tremendous job if you don't subscribe I think James uh, covers the team as good as anyone uh, you know if you, you made time but you ain't gonna beat him uh, in terms of covering the White Sox all year long and uh, you know tip your cap to James Fegan it's uh, from his Twitter account uh, Jose Bray said uh, this about the incident that happened uh, the slide in the second base going in hard on Nico Goodrum he says uh, because even when he hit me talking of course about the the Tigers pitcher even when he hit me he didn't apologize or say anything and that's fine But then I slid into second base and he started chirping. That's not good. You don't do that. Why are you doing that? You threw the pitch that you're supposed to do, apologize or do something you didn't, and then you started talking to me? That's not the way we play baseball. Round of applause for Jose Abreu. I I would be equally enraged about something like that. Uh, after what had happened to him, and you saw the big old bruise on his arm if you are watching that game last night. But that is a perfectly reasonable response for Jose Abreu to act the way he did, which the way he acted wasn't even egregious. I mean, you know, it was just a hard-nosed baseball play and a guy who had, had it. But, yeah, that's totally reasonable when you hear the context there of why he got so damn upset at the Tigers the other day.
1: Yeah, 100%. He has a well within his rights to get pissed at that guy. Yeah, you can't be talking to Jose Abreu. Who are you? Who's the guy's name? I already How'd forgot you? his name. You noticed that? Yeah. I, just, I just
2: skipped right over his name. I yeah. already
1: forgot. Some bum. I remember him <laughs> pitching. I was like, ugh, you're a bum. We'll have um, our crack, remem- our crack remember- research
2: staff look up the guy's name. There's there's no way to know, Herbie. There's I already no know to- that
1: bum Heath Fillmire, who... I was oh, talking yeah. to Tim and he hasn't been in the league since then. I I still detest that bum. But um let me look up his goddamn name. I'm just getting <laughs> mad right now because he's so terrible. Um it is Jason, no, Alex Lang. Yeah, Alex who Lang hit the guy. Fuck him. Um sorry Techno. <laughs> but I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're like you could do that to somebody else, and I know he's trying to stick up for his teammates, but understand the statesman in the game. He's one of the biggest statesmen in the game. I know you might not know him, but that's like talking to, at a lesser degree, Albert Pujols sideways. That guy's got a pedigree in this league, and you can't be a bum like Alex Lang and then starting to talk to Jose Abreu, no matter if you think the slide was dirty or not. So sit down. Know your place.
2: Show your <laughs> mouth, <milf>. you jabroni. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there is some truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. Ask any of the the Cuban-born players in baseball uh, who they look up to, and ask them about the the gravitas that Jose Abreu, uh, the the name just itself has a weight to it. You know, Grandal when he came over here, talking about following Jose Abreu to the promise line. These these guys all know, and this guy is one of the res- most respected figures in the game, and rightfully so. So you can't be chirping at him like that. You know, I. It's, it's a complicated thing in baseball like you know you' you're, you're a young pitcher and you're trying to, to carve yourself out a nice little roster spot and you're trying to you know be the 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 mouthpiece for your team and the leader of your team when you're out there and you've got the ball and you're towing the rubber but you know I, I get all that but this that's unacceptable behavior from a youngster like that you got to know your place and this game although it, it has changed a lot over the years it is a game about respecting those that that have come before you and just having a, a just a an equal amount of respect for your opponent, you know, Um, regardless of how many MVP awards they've won, how many batting titles, RBI titles, you know, how many years they've played, how many home runs they've hit in the league, just having a a, a respect for your opponent because they're out there uh, stepping across those lines, just like you are every day. And they've got families and all that stuff. So I think there's a certain, level of behavior that should be uh acceptable uh, in that gentleman's game you know so uh props to jose brady for clearing the air there and uh you definitely could see why you know uh, you can't hit a guy uh and then start chirping after that that's that's inexcusable
1: um and alex Gane's gotta see him this weekend friday saturday or sunday i'm sure he's gonna be pitching one of these games and i'm sure the matchup will be right we and i'm sure Holes will take him deep
2: yeah oh boy the uh jose doesn't uh bat flip ever he's got the nice fluid swing where the he just kind of just tosses the bat all in one fluid motion and gets down on there and you know I, I would love to see how he reacts. Like sometimes he will style and profile on it in the right spot. It's very few and far between, but that's going to be a matchup that I'm, I'm looking forward to. And we kind of brushed over it in yesterday's show. Are you concerned that this thing's going to escalate? Dallas Keuchel all but said that he was going to go out there uh, looking for his uh, his pound of flesh there for Jose Abreu. Are you are you worried that this thing's going to get ugly and uh, and and you sort of get this thing off track here?
1: Now, see if Dallas does it. And no one else, like if no one else gets thrown out of the game, I'm not fine with anybody hitting another person, exacting revenge. I don't like that type of game. But if Dallas wants to do some own, his own vigilante justice, he better be ready to fight that, that person he's hitting because I don't want any of the White Sox to back up Dallas Keiko. Not one, because it's more important that they make it healthy, firstly. And then secondly, don't get suspended for the playoffs. We're at the precipice right here. We're right there. We need to make sure that everybody who is going to play in the playoffs is fine. And Dallas, I don't think, is going to make it to the DS, as we talked about. And the CS is looking a little skeptical because of the performance we had today. We'll talk about a little later. So I think if he wants to do that vigilante justice, I'm not cool with it. But that's his, his gig, and he might be old school and go ahead and do it. But I want everybody else to stay at the positions. Everybody stay in the dugout. Everybody stay in the bullpen. Dallas decided to do that shit. That's on him.
2: Well, here's there's a couple of things to that, and I'm sorry. We, we got an exciting game to get into here and in an in a even bigger game uh, later on tonight. But I think the umpire's got to come out and issue the warning preemptively. And, I you yeah. know, I think you put that situation from Monday behind you. Jose got hit. He went in hard a second. He let them know how he felt. And I think it was pretty clear how he felt. And everyone around agreed that the slide was not egregious. So what let's move on. If the umpires gotta come out, they did umpires did a hell of a job on Monday separating everyone and, and diffusing the situation that could have gotten real ugly real fast. But the umpires gotta come out. During that Tiger series, I'm like, hey, we're, this is a preemptive warning to start the game. Let's just calm down, everybody. What's done is done. What's right is right. And I, another element to this, too, is Tigers manager A.J. Hinch. Dallas Keichel was uh, one of the biggest reasons that uh, they won a World Series. So that and the cheating. Uh, but, you know, um, <laughs> like that's that one. Was, that, that's that, quality. <laughs> yeah, channeling my inner norm there. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a guy who I would think A.J. Hinch has a world of respect for. So he's probably going to say, you know what? If you go out there, he's telling his pitching staff, you know, if you go out there and you hit an MVP, you're going to have to live with the consequences. And if one of you guys gets hit, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to see benches clearing. It's done. uh, and, And then we'll move on. So I think there's a little element of that to it as well. Um, you know so this, this thing could get weird I remember like the Dusty Baker Tony La Russa fights of the early aughts you know stuff like that Tony's gonna interject himself into it and that's fine he's just sticking up for his guys but uh, don't forget about the AJ Hinch factor with Dallas Keuchel I think you know getting hit with, uh, with an 85 mile per hour fastball uh, there's worse things in the world I'd rather not see it happen because again gets back to the whole these guys have this is their livelihood they've got families you shouldn't be throwing an object at someone to get your point across you know so we'll see how this plays out I'm not particularly worried about it, I think the the umpires will do the right thing and uh, squash this thing before it becomes a thing because we certainly cannot afford to have uh, anyone, I'm more worried about someone getting hurt in a dust-up than a suspension for next season because I think we had John Paul Morosi today on. As a matter of fact, I know we had him on today, but he sort of clarified that there will be no post-season suspensions here. It's going to be at the start of the regular season, but regardless, you don't need anyone out there. Remember, Eloy got hurt. Mm-hmm. To, uh, you know, He got hurt a couple times at the end of the season last year, once sliding into home plate and then once in a celebration after they clinched a playoff spot where he kind of just tweaked his ankle a little bit. We don't need guys out there getting hurt. In something like this, you know, because that will obviously have a lingering effect into the postseason, and we just uh, we can't can't have that. All right. So anyway, that's that. Uh, this this story will not go away, uh, but we got a game to talk about. That's next here on Lockdown White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Herb and I will be hosting the Lockdown White Sox room soon. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation as you listen to us every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with us, and may even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On White Sox podcast through our Green Room conversations. So go download the Green Room app now for free. Currently available on all iOS devices, be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and sports. I can't wait to join you guys on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the lockdown White Sox squad is ready. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. And we're brought to you today by Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season. They've got a new, updated website with a new interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source. For everything, football and even baseball. For example, Herb, you know they don't have uh, the playoff uh, futures up yet, but you can still make a play for division winners. And obviously, the White Sox have sewed up their division. But you look at some of these other things that you can still make a bet on at Bet Online. They've got the NL East and the NL West races up right now. If you want to bet on the Phillies, they're plus 375 to win the East. Uh, the Braves minus 550. Out in the West, plus three twenty-five to the Dodgers. If you want to make that wager against the Mm -hmm. the white-hot San Francisco Giants at minus four fifty, there. So there's still some interesting plays. If you think the uh, the Giants or the uh, the Dodgers can come back against the Giants there and make it interesting, that's all right there for you. And uh, just taking a look at this uh, Bears line, this early Bears line. Whew. Bears are three point favorites at home this Sunday against Detroit uh, with an over under of 42.5 in this under. one. Yeah, yeah, way under. <laughs> <laughs> and the Bears getting the, the absolute minimum respect here uh, for a home team uh, w- with the three points there. So, yeah, man, uh, I, you know, that's not one I would particularly touch, but they're all on, they got all the matchups posted here. Uh, at Bet Online for uh, all the uh, football matchups this weekend. So, uh, again, Bet Online, that's the number one spot. If you're looking to uh, make some money here and place a friendly wager for baseball, football, whatever, they got all sorts of stuff. They got TV and entertainment stuff on there. You can make plays on that as well. It's always a great time. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. You talk about an exciting game here tonight, Herb, and we're already about you know 10 minutes into the show before we got to this one, but I'll just say this, it's a big win tonight uh, in, in a lot of ways, and you know me, I don't take too much from one game, uh, but it's the 90th win here, and I'm starting to feel some excitement about this team again for the first time in a long time, and look, I get you're playing teams that are out of it. Uh, but as we know in baseball, sometimes that's not necessarily a blessing. It can be a curse when you're, when you're playing teams that uh, they want to play the role of spoiler. And the, the Tigers, they're not necessarily, they weren't a spoiler because they've been playing a good brand of baseball for the better part of a couple of months. So that's kind of different. But you're talking about the Reds, a team that was eliminated here last night. The Sox winning their 90th game of the year. And all of a sudden those those betters who had the number at 90 and a half wins, they're sweating a little less tonight. But you think about this rebuild, this season, this division championship, and the postseason, it's all become a formality at this point. We know that this team has bigger goals in sight, and we've been looking at the finish line for quite some time now. We can see it pretty clearly. But also, we've been talking for weeks about the only thing that matters for this team right now is are they playing good baseball going into the postseason? And I I know there are flaws. Defense was a little clunky again tonight, as it is most nights, but it's it's not going to be something that kills them, I don't believe. Uh, there's no perfect teams in this league, there's no perfect organizations, but the fact is, Herb, this team is really starting to look like the team that we saw on paper, and we started to get excited for back in March, back before the Eloy injury, and this team has only gotten better with acquisitions at the deadline, and you look around here, and you know Luis Robert is becoming an all-world player in front of our eyes, even Cesar Hernandez is hitting a bit. Um, and I'm just, it's hard not to get excited about this team. I know there's four games left and a lot can happen and things can change, uh, on a dime in, in baseball, but it's hard to not be excited about all the anxiety that we had going into the, the, the last month of the season. Those things are still, you're starting to, you know, brush away the cobwebs here a little bit and the fog and all that stuff. And it's starting to become a little bit more clear now that the 2021 White Sox are back and they could not be back at a better time than right now.
1: Yeah, they're rounding the form, doing exactly what we wanted them to do. Like, just get healthy and start the rhythm of hitting right now. And the Reds are not a bad team. The pitcher they threw out there, I think it was making his either major league debut. or he was, just, yeah. He wasn't great, but still, you got to go out there and pound those guys when they're out there on the mound. And they did exactly that. They did just a little bit more to a professional pitcher in Jared Lorenzen, who's been out there for a minute. So, yeah. To do this while the Reds were still theoretically in the playoffs or in the playoff hunt, but the uh, fucking Cardinals run 17 (laughs) in a row, it's like, I'm going out. With a bang, man! W- imagine winning like all those games in a row just to lose to the Giants or the Dodgers <laughs> How in about, one game.
2: How about that too, Jason Benetti doing his amateur lip reading there, and f- you figuring out that Vado and Sheets were talking about the Cardinals at first base. Like you wonder what t- what two guys at first base talk about, and they were mm-hmm. apparently talking about the Cardinals and how hot they were. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this game is crazy, man. But just a lot of things are rounding into form, man. That 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 Luis Robert with two home runs. That second one was as good mm. as good as you'll ever see. Uh, mm. That's about a satisfying a baseball moment like when we when this kid was signed uh from cuba as a free agent i'm trying to think what year that was i think it was my daughter's third birthday party so was that 2017 i remember that pretty clearly i was uh, in and out of the cole's children's museum out there in the burbs refreshing my phone to see if the news would come down that jose that uh, luis robert was signed by the white Sox, and eventually he, he was but a night like tonight where he's out there making plays, he's hitting two bombs, making it look easy. You think about how he was one of the favorites for MVP heading into the season. This is what we signed up for. And it's, it's weird too because you think about this team right now in the moment, but you also think about the long-term health of this organization and what this thing is going to look like for the next five years, and maybe even longer considering some of the team-friendly deals you have here. But a guy like Luis Robert is, is playing as good a baseball as anyone in baseball, and he, he's made the adjustments, and now he's he's straight-up dominating. And I know things can turn uh, on their head quickly here, especially you're going up against a good team in the postseason in Houston. But, I mean, there's I, I can't even put into words like how excited I am about Luis Robert uh, in a White Sox uniform for years to come.
1: Yeah, uh May seven, no May 27th 2017. Sure. Uh, you got the year right. And um, I do know my
2: daughter's birthday. It was, we didn't do the party on her birthday. For those of you who are trying to say, you don't remember your daughter's birthday. We did it much later than than her actual birthday, but yes, uh May 27th 2017. What a great day for all of us. We we had a and- Rapunzel cake herb. It was delicious.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one with the hair? It is, yes. Okay. Um that's probably not a great one. It probably <laughs> tastes tasted terrible. Yeah. Um but when I saw that he was getting signed, I know people were hyped. And I was like, all right, fine. You know, I was kind of in that lull of uh, Michael Rodolfo. I was like, oh, they signed a guy who's kind of young to a big bonus. And he's got years until he comes to the majors. And then people started talking about him. They're like, wait up, this guy's going to be great. And then, like, his first year in single A it was fine, but not great. And then he exploded on the scene the last couple of years. And I was like, all right, I can't wait till he comes here. He's going to be really good. And I still didn't believe that he was a five tool player. I knew the speed was there. I knew the glove was there. I knew that he could potentially hit for power and maybe some average. So I was still still skeptical. But this is his first full year of baseball this year, which he's missed a portion of it. And he looks like. Every part of what everybody has been saying, he is a phenomenal athlete. And I remember me I was like, I want him to be batting more fifth or sixth. Hell no, <laughs> this dude needs to be batting second or third because he is deadly. That second home run, you know, when you get that feeling, I've talked about that, and it's him always. It's a Mary Garrett. and you know, this year he's sucking. You know, as Cavy Bias. But Amir Garrett brings it, probably close to 100 miles per hour. I don't know if it does that anymore. Low fastball, murdered. Almost took the concourse up there in the left center field. I'm just, whoo, just thinking about his potential. And I think uh, White Sox fan Mike, who's on Twitter, said the White Sox have six more years of him, like six more after <laughs> this one. <laughs> like he's not even great yet. He's just good. Imagine when he becomes great. Um, this is going to be awesome.
2: That contract may get ripped up. Like, they may sign it to another extension. Like, if they've got one World Series in the bag, they may tear it up. And let's sign well, a new deal.
1: I mean, is Jerry Reinsdorf <laughs> dead like this, in this iteration?
2: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Jerry Reinsdorf Not being dead, but I'm glad you mentioned him. Um, you know, because we, we give Rick a, a lot of shit. Uh, you know, you mostly. I, I think I, I'm a, It is a, me. A, yes. Yeah. Um, you know.
1: Everything's negative. The glass is always half empty.
2: Especially when you're talking about Herb here. Yeah. Um, But I remember an interview Rick Hahn did with Chuck Garfine, I think it was at the beginning of 18 or 19, when this team and the rebuild started to really come into focus and you started to see what they were building here. And he had talked about the financial side of what they were trying to do. And one of the hardest conversations uh, that launched the rebuild was a conversation that Rick Hahn had with Jerry Reinsdorf about why – uh, it's important to do things like invest in international free agent talent, and we we know the Sox have a horrendous history uh, with with mm-hmm. at, with the allocation of resources, the uh, funding of those kids down there. It just the pipeline was bone dry, and it was pretty much bone dry at the time Luis Robert was signed. But uh, they've changed their philosophy over the years, and and credit to Rick Hahn for talking Jerry Reinsdorf into look. Now you could say what you want. I see it from the angle of also, like, oh, yeah, congratulations. you you talked a billionaire into. Uh, you know signing a team friendly extension to to certain guys so that you have them for cheaper longer like I get that but also it is a roll of the dice when you're talking about a prospect like that you know if you would ask me I was like yeah Luis Roberts pretty much a sure thing just take a look at this kid with his shirt off at a pig roast and you will see that this guy <laughs> is, is as real as they come but the credit to Rick Hahn for persuading Jerry Reinsdorf to, into investing into this team and sort of uh, painting a picture for him what this thing was going to look like years down the road, because the future is bright for this team. I, who knows what this post is going to have in store for this team. They could get cold quick. You know how it goes in baseball, but I'm just saying right now, right here in the moment, it's hard not to get excited. And then you look at Gavin sheets and, mm. and you know, this kid with another blast tonight it, coming off of what, one of the more important things. Maybe we may look back at this season uh, and, and back to Luis Robert real quick, you know, this may be a blessing in disguise that he got hurt because he's playing as good a baseball and he's 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 white hot right now and this may be a thing where. Maybe pitchers don't adjust to him. Maybe he just rides this all the way through the postseason, and they never really have a chance to to adjust to Luis Roberts. So normally, you know, if he's out there for a whole season, maybe he'd be going through, uh, you know, a bit of uh, some a tired period here, or you know what I mean. Like maybe this is a, a blessing that these guys are well rested, and also you're coming along here at during a, at a curve in in their development where you know they they are feasting right now, and so maybe that'll be a part of this too. But Gavin Sheets. One of the MVP moments, one of the unheralded moments of the season, I think, is what he did on Monday, and taking control and holding back Jose Abreu. who was a large man who was very angry, but for a rookie to be heads up in that moment—I know we talked about it yesterday—but that was huge for me. And then he comes out and he just continues to hit, and he's playing good baseball. And he hits a bomb, and then he, you know, he has another RBI going the opposite way. It's it's just a formality for me at this point. This kid's gonna be on that postseason roster. You know, he's played himself into Tony LaRusso's trust tree, and it's a beautiful thing, man. Like I had no expectations for Gavin Sheets going into 2021. You know, this mm-hmm. is another remember we talked about the 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 outfield prospect glut and the glass ceiling mm-hmm. of, like you said, Mike Adolfo. And Blake Rutherford, Gavin Sheets, you know, and Gavin Sheets wasn't even in the outfield conversation until relatively recently because he taught himself to play the outfield. And, you know, uh, the the outfield instructors instructors taught him to play the outfield. He's a first baseman, but Mm -hmm. he was malleable and he adapted instead of dying, Uh, like the great Doug Buffone used to say, adapt or die. And now he's become a a really good piece on this roster, a left-handed power bat and he's going to be on this postseason roster because of the spark that he provides, man. I'm just I'm impressed by this kid. And I'm, I'm impressed by a lot of these kids. And we'll get to Ronaldo next here. But uh, Gavin Sheets, man, you got to love what you're seeing from this kid right now.
1: Very much so. He worked on himself. As you said, he saw the glut at first base. He's like, Jose Abreu is not going anywhere. And if it does, Andrew Vaughn's got dibs on that after that. And then when he does, then it's grandal on days off. So you know what? I need to teach myself. To getting that outfield they don't seem to know how to get a designated hitter or a right fielder so let me catch balls out there and right and he did it and he does a decent job out and right he's not vaughn like because vaughn i think it's a natural athlete sheets is good enough to play right field where you're like all right he won't get us too much in trouble but with that bat as stoney said he will be the starting designated hitter i think when right handers are pitching in the playoffs for the White Sox. He won't just make the playoff roster. He will be starting in that, that lineup, and he will be providing a power bat, probably seventh, eighth, or ninth in the lineup. <laughs> Rookie, that's going to be really good, giving you that power bottom, down at the bottom of the lineup. And the two balls that he hit today, really hard. I think a low fast ball to right center field, and then he Tommy Hawks one to left center field for an RBI single. The guy has plate coverage like no other. They don't have the book on them yet. I hope they don't get it until sometime three years down the road. So, Gavin Sheets, you've turned yourself into a Major League Baseball player, a Major League Baseball player that's going to be contributing to a playoff contender.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm really tipping the White Sox Kool Aid here tonight. I know it's just the Reds, um, but this is a team that played them pretty tough earlier on in the season. And I I know it's not about who you play, but it's when you play them. And I'm I'm trying not to get too excited here, but it just it really does seem like they're gelling at a at a good time, and I think maybe it's just because they have not played a good brand of, of baseball. You know, a ball go far team go far. We have not seen a lot of that the past month, but now it's starting to happen. And then you you look at another uh, one of the great stories of 2021, and a guy that that's done his team a really solid thing here eating up innings when you've got injuries to your pitching staff, and that's, of course, Ronaldo Lopez, who is is now more than just a, oh, that's a nice little story getting you through the dog days of August. Now, this is a guy here who's put himself into a, the conversation of now he's forcing the issue. He's forcing himself possibly onto this ALDS roster. Now, a lot is contingent on what's going to happen later on tonight with Carlos Rodon, and we'll get to that in a second, but. He is 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 now in a spot here where if you want to throw him out there and piggyback Rodon, if you want to piggyback Kopech, you feel pretty comfortable about him right now. I mean, some of these 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 pitches that he's that he's thrown out there, just acing a left-handed hitter on the on, on the outside corner, like you know, with, with velocity, that's good stuff right there, man. This this kid is still pitching with conviction. He's still pitching with balls and heart, and this is the guy that we saw. Uh, in in 2018, a little bit, and he and he's come back, and he's come back in a big way, and he's doing his team a really solid by eating up these innings, man. And he's looking really good while doing it. I don't know what's going to become of Ronaldo Lopez on the postseason roster. We'll have that show. Uh, I would imagine early next week uh, what our rosters are going to look like in our eyes before Tony gets the chance to get with Rickon and do their roster. But Ronaldo's forcing the issue right now, and frankly, you love to see it, folks.
1: Yeah, a guy Drew McCurdy asked us that question on Twitter if he's earned a spot over Dallas. I don't know about that. For Herb Lawrence, yes, 100%, but I know people who are veterans like uh, Tony La Russa, Hall of Fame players and Hall of Fame managers like Tony La Russa will like the veteran over the guy who's got great success. Great success well, yeah, lately. Let's
2: let's put the brakes on that. So the, the DS, Dallas Keuchel is probably not going to be on the DS roster regardless. Like, you know, I mean, ag- again, the,
1: it, I he wouldn't be on my playoff roster but you know yes.
2: yeah well let's say the ds it's a shorter series so, so if you're in a, a game four or five situation you're going to go back to lynn or, or or whoever starts early on in that series so you're not going to need your your fourth starter per se and again it's a, all of its contingent on what happens with Rodon tonight so i don't think keichel would be on the roster anyway but you could make a, a uh come up with a reason to, to find a way to put ronaldo on there if you've got uh, a nice lead maybe and you want to i know Lou lupinella made this mistake of managing for the game that you may never actually get to but mm-hmm. if you get up big or down big which doesn't happen a lot in the postseason and you need a guy just to eat innings for you um i think ronaldo is a good guy to do so and especially if you need to piggyback a bullpen game he's he, you could definitely see him on this roster so i'm sorry and continue yeah
1: and he's got swinging swinging miss stuff like that does not go in a uh, dallas uh dallas keiko's repertoire He's got filthy stuff. You were talking about him acing a left-hander, the most important and impressive at bat. I think it was in the third inning where he made Nick Castellanos look really dumb on, <laughs> I think, a low and away slider. It was like, which no one is- does,
2: no one does that really, making Nick Castellanos look dumb. He's one of the more professional hitters in our game, and uh, yeah, like you said, he he looked totally overmatched by Ronaldo right there.
1: Yeah, and unlike Dallas, he'll get you to six. And you'll be like, man, I want it more. You know, it leaves you with a little meat on the bone where it's not the fifth inning, and you're like, get Dallas the fuck out of there immediately. Ronaldo's like, mm, I want some more of that Ronaldo. That was <laughs> nice. I enjoyed that. I mean, the Eugenio Suarez home run, as they said, he's got the most home run since 2019. Who's who that, Herb? Eugenio Suarez. Oh, that's, one of, that's
2: the best Pat Hughes name. Eugenio Suarez, Ron. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and so... I thought it was a fair ball when Johan made that smooth-ass play, and so did Jose, Uh, uh, but they called it foul, and then Eugenio took advantage of his reprieve, but that's the only run you give up. I'll take that all day long. Solo shots all day long. Six innings, two hits, four strikeouts, none walked. That's a solid outing no matter who you're going against.
2: Absolutely. All right, we'll take a quick time out and on the other side, we're going to talk about one of the biggest nights of the season is happening tonight, and we'll tell you why next here on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar—it's the best tasting protein bar ever don't you love freedom of choice that's what we love about this country right well it's no different at builtbar.com they have so many different delicious flavors for you to try there's something for everyone every built bar fan that i know they've got their different favorite flavors i have mine herb has his mine of course german chocolate thankfully i still have a surplus here from the last time i ordered them i'm down about 25 pounds now thanks to our friends at built bar i've been replacing a lot of those bad sugary snacks with built bars and it's made all the difference. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut, Cherry barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and of course, German Chocolate. So if you haven't tried all these great flavors, great way to get introduced to something new is mix it in. Get a mixed box of Built Bars. That way you can try something new along with the flavors that you already love. So when you get the mixed box, you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And best of all, they're not only delicious, they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar calories ranging from 130 to 180 only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs per Built Bar all delicious, all good for you order today, Built Bar the official protein bar of US track and field go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCK15 and that's going to get you 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, tonight, game two of the two game set with the Reds. sunny Gray's in town with the Reds, seven and eight, three nine nine earned run average, and he's going up against Carlos Rodon, twelve and five with the two four seven. Earn run average and this is a big night for Rodon you remember he exited that game last week in Detroit with some soreness and you know a lot was made of it and things were looking pretty bleak so this is a pretty big night for the White Sox organization here because if you're going to advance in this postseason you need Carlos Rodon to be uh, not you know he doesn't have to be what he was like in May but you need him to be a competent pitcher pretty much what he's been Every, every time he's been out there this season he's been good but this is from the pregame on Monday, Herb, and we didn't really get into this at all. But Tony spoke in the pregame on Monday about Carlos Rodon's, you know, his side session. And, you know, I heard this, and this, there's a lot going on here with, with with Tony and with Rodon. There's a lot of thinly veiled stuff here, and I, and I certainly don't want to uh, project or make assumptions here. But this is about two minutes here. This is Tony talking about Rodon's side session before the game on Monday in Detroit. And I want to get your reaction to this in terms of how we're framing this thing tonight on the South side.
0: I think it was just okay. Hmm. But, um, I've been talking to him. He says he can take the ball Wednesday. So, uh, they just play catch the next couple of days. Uh, I mean, he didn't, he didn't really let it go to where anything like game, like, and, uh, but he said he's he's good to try it on Wednesday, so we're anxious to see him. Any expectations for pitch count or innings on Wednesday or just kind of see how he feels and, and, and let it go from there? Uh, that will be the classic example of observational analytics. So you're just going to watch him throw that first pitch and and uh, the first inning and then see if it makes sense to send him out for the second. And, you know, as well as you hope for the best, prepare for the worst. So hope for the best. You know, he can go out there four or five six innings and if he doesn't we'll have somebody behind him but uh it's gonna be an interesting night important interesting night
2: and and I assume you guys are making all sorts of contingencies when it comes to ten days from now right and, or, or two weeks from now about yeah, who like, when...
0: you don't need to spin your wheels too much so you know what you got but you know we're paying some attention but uh yeah. You know, if if we know some Wednesday, we, then we got a you know, week, a little over a week to figure it out. So right now, it's just let's win the game we're playing and play against Cincinnati and we'll figure out when we get some more from uh, Carlos on Wednesday night. Looking forward to it. Tony, just listening to you talk about Carlos, it seems like your you know, your level of um, maybe optimism is is kind of measured uh, and understandably so. But do you view this? Is this a guy that's just uh, really, kind of determined to you know get out there and and compete and, and and give it a go with maybe less in the tank than what he's normally uh, used to working with. Yeah, I think he's you know definitely sincere about taking his turn, uh, and we're also sincere about understanding that an important part of where we where we have gotten to is the work that Carlos has done. So we definitely, from both sides, you know whether we're being fair or are just uh, hungry for more wins it makes sense to give him as much leeway and time to prove that uh, he's good to go so uh, like I as i have yesterday's bullpen as i mentioned to he was just you know he just was just throwing and really he wasn't reaching back uh so we'll see what he's got wednesday
2: there's a lot to unpack here man and i don't want to project i don't want to put thoughts into someone's brain. I don't want to put words in someone's mouth. You're talking about two guys here who are in two different situations. You know, Tony is basically in a football coach state of mind here where he's like, you know what? Up or down, man, just tell me if you can go or you can't. Carlos Rodon is a guy who's got a lot at stake here and his first real opportunity to earn some money in 2022 but he's got to do a solid for his team in 2021. And we don't know how much pain he's, he's going through right now, but Tony just seems to be bothered by this whole thing. What, what did you make of hearing that uh, from Tony right there? I just, I think the, the beat reporters did a good job of pressing him and, and trying to figure out what's going on there, but there's a lot of thinly veiled stuff in there, in my opinion uh, about effort and, and, you know, things like that. What did you make of, of that in this whole situation so far? Tony's not
1: convinced. Like, he initially, when he first took him out in the third inning, in that post game, he's like, we're concerned. And the next day, somebody talked to him, and he came out with a rosy complexion, like, oh, he's pitching next Wednesday. We're fine. Everything's good. And then he saw him pitch again on Monday in a slide. He's like, mm, this dude is not good. We'll see what he throws. He's going to be having some catch. We'll see that first inning. Do some observational analytics. That's not good. A starter? A guy you want to be going six, a guy you're maybe depending on and go to the playoffs, you got to see if he's good in the first. Come on now. Like, I know Tony gets, you know, pretty much the butt of most White Sox jokes and he is blamed for things that he's not at fault for. But this, I can hear in his voice. He's not convinced that Carlos Rodon is good to go. And he's not hiding that he's an old ass man. He ain't do those games anymore. He's not a guy that needs a job after this. He's not trying to appease everybody else. So he's telling you some truth there without telling you the whole truth. If you know what I mean, he's giving you, you know, he ain't giving you the spin like other guys would. He's like, I'll tell him as rosy as I can, but also I'll let him know I ain't too fond on this shit right here. That man ain't good. The man might be hurt. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Well,
2: he he certainly had it, and he, you know what I mean. Like he he's got a, a roster con- to construct here ahead of the postseason. He's got a lot going on, and now one of his ace pitchers is is basically saying that you know he's not feeling good, but all the 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 X rays and the MRIs come back clean apparently. You know, we—I don't know—I haven't seen him, but that, that's apparently right. That every, everything was, was smooth the next day after his last start. So that's the information that Tony has. Like no one can get inside Carlos Rodon's mind or body and figure out what's going on and how high the the pain threshold is and how much he's actually going through right now. But Tony just seems to be over all of it, and he knows he's got a a, a series to win here. And if he's got a guy that's that's not all in one hundred percent, he just doesn't want to deal with it. And. I, Again, it's really dangerous to to get into what people are are feeling, so I I really try not to to delve into this. But there's a lot going on here, and we're just trying to set the stage here for what's going on tonight and tonight's ballgame. How long is he going to go? How is he going to look? Is Carlos Jordan truly hurt enough where he's like, you know what, I'm not going to give it my all in a side session. I just want to get out here and do the bare minimum that way. When it's it's go time and ALDS, I can give you at least four or five solid innings with 100% max effort. Like, he really could be just feeling as bad as he's ever felt out there again. Because remember, Tommy John in 19. Shortened season last year uh, with the the injury on top of it. Coming back and getting totally screwed up mentally with, with what Ricky did to him in the last... Uh, week of the year and then coming back with that shitty outing in the postseason like there's a lot a lot of layers here and it could be just the, the guy is just never going to be 100 percent healthy and he's trying to figure out how to best navigate through those waters and if that means maybe going half ass in a side session maybe that's the answer right now because it all that matters is being there for his team in the postseason and I'm frankly I'm I don't know what to expect here tonight on the South side. And it's going to be one of the storylines to watch because like I said, this could be the most important night of the year for the White Sox. You know, the White Sox may go on a deep postseason run and they have, they may have just enough to put it together with the starting staff. But the best version of this White Sox team is with when Carlos Rodon's going out there, pitching the way he's pitched all season long. He's one of the reasons why they got out to that early division lead and they have been in first place for most of the year. So I would, I cannot wait to hear what Carlos says after the game, if he, hopefully he's got a little more, some more thoughts for the media than he did after the last game. I hope things go well and he's he's healthy enough to, to get you some innings there so you're not taxing the bullpen. I know you've got the extra off day here this week and you've got more off days next week before the postseason starts, but it'll be really interesting to see what he says after the game. And I would like to see the reporters press him a little bit. We could jump in there and ask the questions too, but I hope they get to the bottom of what of what's really going on in terms of where is the pain uh, when does he feel it? How long has he been feeling it, or if it's just a dead arm, you know? Uh, so there's, there's, it's really an important night here for the White Sox, and uh, yeah, man, that that's all I got here. I think I hate to to end on the on the bleak note here of of the Carlos Rodon start, but uh, all eyes should be on low tonight, man, and uh, it's a lot of ramifications going forward. But other than that, everything's fine. <laughs> just go back and listen I'm... to the first segment, and you'll feel good about the team again. <laughs>
1: I'm going to actually go out on a limb and give you what I believe is going to do tonight. What you going to do? He's going to throw four innings, give up four earned, and then just go out of the game because he was getting hit hard. It's going to be like a meh start, but not that he's injured. Like he's going to throw 95, 96, 97. He'll look the part, but he will still give up runs. Versus Cincinnati Reds. That's what I believe. That's going to happen tonight. Yourself? Yeah. You-
2: I don't think he's going to go max effort. I think he. I think he's hurting right now, or at least in in his mind. Like he, he knows what what's at stake, and he knows two things. He knows if I just get through the postseason here, I, that that's the, to me to him that's probably the most important thing is he knows that he's already earned himself some money here, but he also knows how he finishes this season will depend uh, how many. Uh, you know. I, gu- I guess there'll be the same amount of zeros no matter what, but maybe there'll be an extra zero on the contract there uh, per an annual basis if he comes out and shows out in the postseason. So maybe he knows, you know what, this game means nothing against the Reds. I'm going to go out there and just try to rely on on you know changing eye levels and, and being precise out there, but I'm not going to try to blow, blow it by anyone. So I think that's what's going to happen. And, that, and, you know, what you're, the situation you're painting sounds realistic to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going sit, to probably sit here 24 hours from now and have the same questions. And hopefully with a little more clarity after the media gets done talking to him. But we're probably going to be like, oof, where are we starting Carlos Rodon in this postseason series? Right now, like, we feel great about Giolito. We feel eh about Lance Lynn. And we just have to trust Lance Lynn that he knows what he's got to do to get ready. And, you know, you're talking about Dylan Seas was pitching great right now, so we're probably talking about 24 hours from now, where is Carlos Rodon going to pitch in this postseason series against the Astros? So uh, I'd have to be lockstep with you. I know we're very agreeable lately, but yeah, I, I think you're spot on there. I don't think you're going to see him go out there and go full bore balls to the wall against the Reds uh, when these games largely don't matter. So I'd have to agree, and uh, that- that's all I got. We'll-, we'll be here to break it down. You'll hear all the relevant sound. We'll probably wait. The show may be out a little later tomorrow than normal because I do want to take in that post-game. That's going to be one of the more important post-game sessions of the year. So we'll wait to see what everyone says after that one. And uh, you are not going out to that one, correct? Did we get a winner for your tickets last night? Did
1: uh, we get a, a nurse? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. He he enjoyed himself tonight. He sent us a message, too. I actually uh, had to do it back on Lawrence's show, too, because no one listened to the end of this show. Come (laughs) on, guys. Listen to the end of the show, or at least no nurses listen to the end of the show. And everybody respected the wishes of me to only be a nurse. So, yes, I appreciate that guy listened to the Lawrence Home show. And he did listen to Locked on Socks, but I didn't want to listen to or didn't want to text in at that time. So, Yeah. I gave away those tickets. I'm not giving away anymore because the last game of the season, October third, we're going—not me and you, but me, Courtney <laughs> and I—and then I don't have playoff tickets because of you know getting engaged and stuff, gotta you know buy things like that. And also, you're hosting. I,
2: with, you're hosting with me, exactly for one of those games. Yeah,
1: eventually I will get playoff tickets just individually, so you know don't have to worry about that. So that is Chris Tanhill at Chris Tanhill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence, eknerwall twenty three. And our show is at Locked On Socks. And thank you for making us your first listen every morning on Locked On Socks on YouTube. You can follow us at Locked On Socks. That is free every single day. Locked On Socks on YouTube. Thank you for listening to Chris and I, Herb, on Locked On Socks. Thank you, sir.